Not long ago, I was working in a dark corner up in my attic, and I needed to get a tool from my garage. And as I was making my way down the ladder, I dropped my favorite Makita flashlight. I could only stand there and watch as it crashed to the concrete floor below. I took off the lens, and I discovered that the fall had actually broken the teeny light bulb inside. My first thought was, this means that instead of continuing on my project, I have to go to the hardware store and track down one of these little bulbs. It was at this moment that I looked into the light canister and I noticed a replacement bulb tucked just inside. I didn't need to head to the hardware store now. I popped in the replacement bulb and I was able to complete the job. Welcome to the final episode of the Narrative Mind Pod class. Every episode has been building to this point. We're about to put all of the pieces together, so let's take a deep breath and prepare to finish strong. The replacement bulb's journey to my light canister began as an idea in the mind of someone who cared. And that person saw to it that his or her idea grew into a reality. Why? So that the product could create resonance with the person who would rather finish a project than head to the hardware store. And in that moment, as silly as it may sound, I got that Makita got me. I got gotten. They created resonance. And that's the whole point of this podcast. John Steinbeck, the great American novelist, said, If a story is not about the hearer, he will not listen. And here I make a rule. A great and interesting story is about everyone, or it will not last. Everything communicates something, even a tiny light bulb. Everything we do, say, and make sends a message. And we want the message to resonate with our audience. We want our audience to get gotten. The flashlight manufacturer told a story through their flashlight, and they made me the hero. We learned earlier in this series that so far as our brains are concerned, story is reality. So much so that when we're watching a story, we stop seeing the screen. And when we're reading a story, we don't even see the page. All we experience is the story. It becomes our reality. When I discovered that extra light bulb, I wasn't thinking about the flashlight or my project. I was in a story. That's resonance. It's what you want to create for the people that you want to reach. The problem with data telling is that our audience isn't the hero. Who's the hero? As we covered in the last episode, it's our data, our message, our product, or service that plays the role of hero. Use the narrative thinking framework to become a storyteller instead of a data teller. Here's how it works. Take out your narrative thinking framework. Every story has a hero. We talked about how Luke Skywalker plays the role of hero in Star Wars. As the hero, he's the one that we root for throughout the entire film. So if you're meeting with one person, he or she is the hero. And if you're speaking to a small group or even reaching millions, they're the hero. Let's go through an example together. Look back at your interaction inventory and select one person from the list to use as we go through this exercise. First, describe this person's setting. Every story starts somewhere. 
We know your audience doesn't live in a galaxy far, far away, but they do spend each day somewhere doing something either by themselves or with other people. Use the following questions to describe their setting in as much detail as you can. Where do they work? What do they do there? What responsibilities do they hold? Who else do they work with? What are the most rewarding aspects of their work? What other unique aspects of their job shape their setting? Do they travel a lot? Do they work remotely? Do they work on a team? Do they work all by themselves? So now you're building out the hero and the setting. Rather than go through each step of the story in chronological order, we're actually going to skip ahead to the end of the story. So look at the resolution. The reason we do this is that we want to know where your hero's trying to go. When they imagine themselves six months or a year or two years down the road, what do they see? You can safely assume the picture they see of the future is better than it is now. But better how? Maybe they're debuting a new product or a new initiative and they need to gain buy-in. Or maybe they're actively involved in driving innovation in the alternate energy sector. Or perhaps your audience is working to disrupt how we do retail. This is their goal. It's their resolution. The following questions will help you clarify your audience's resolution. Where does your audience want to be in the future? How will they feel when they get there? What will be better? Be specific. Describe what their resolution looks like. And now for the most important part of the framework, the struggle. It's the most important part because the struggle of a story helps the story connect with our emotions. When you know their struggle, you too will form an emotional connection with your audience. Remember how weak and uninteresting Star Wars would be without Darth Vader. We need the struggle, the villains, and conflict to make a story worthwhile. Use the following questions to make your audience's struggle as vivid as possible. What stands in the way of your audience reaching their resolution? There are probably a lot of things that they struggle against, but what we want to know is who is their Darth Vader? What is that thing that if they just eliminated it or they overcame it, it would make life so much better? But keep in mind, unlike stories like Star Wars, your hero's villain won't be a person. Their villain is usually a state of mind or some sort of constraint that holds them back. The second question is, what does it feel like for them to confront this struggle? What emotions do they experience? Frustration, discouragement, or even despair? Write them all down. Knowing their emotions should stir your emotions. That's empathy, the foundation of resonance. It enables your audience to get that you get them. With the hero, setting, resolution, and struggle in place, we can fill in the remaining three portions of the narrative thinking framework, beginning with the crisis. We skip to the crisis because it determines how we describe the rising and falling action. The crisis is the defining moment of a story, where we're not sure whether the hero will succeed or even survive. It's Luke and the gang attacking the Death Star. Your audience's story has a crisis too. The crisis is that single event that threatens to extinguish their hope in reaching the resolution forever. Describe their crisis by answering the following questions. What is the worst possible outcome for your audience? What's the opposite of the resolution? For example, imagine if your audience is a group of entrepreneurs trying to launch a startup. 
The crisis could be that after all of their preparation, all of their 100-hour weeks and months, and maybe even years of planning, they fail to get the funding they need. The dream dies. Funding is their struggle. Pitching and failing to get it is their crisis. Now let's back up and complete the rising action. Remember that the rising action is that series of events that lead up to the crisis. The same is true of your audience's story. Describe what precedes your audience's crisis. Using the previous example of the startup founders preparing a pitch, they're probably laboring to make sure they've thought through every detail, pulled together the most compelling presentation possible, and rehearsed for their final presentation. They're experiencing a wide range of emotions, from anxiety to exhilaration to doubt and back again. It's a roller coaster. Rising action elevates our sense of concern and uncertainty. Now for the last part, the declining action. Imagine your audience survives the crisis and emerges victorious. Now we're on the downslope of the narrative thinking framework. Luke's plugged a big one into the Death Star. It's time to celebrate. Leia will soon award the medals, but for now, let's just enjoy the thrill of victory. What would this look like for our group of entrepreneurs? They've made the pitch, the investors are all in, and they can get to work on their dream. What's it like for your audience to have confronted and overcome their crisis? Describe the emotions they experience as individuals and as a team. Remember my experience of finding the spare light bulb and being able to get back to work. That's the declining action in my story. Now you've completed the framework. You know and can empathize with your audience's story far better than you could before you completed the framework. You're now able to communicate with your audience in a way that helps them get that you get them. Rather than data telling, you tell a story, one in which your audience plays the role of hero. Like my experience with the flashlight, they'll sense that you created your message, your product, or your service with them in mind. This framework immerses your audience in a story that's strangely familiar to them. It should be. It's their story. They get that you get them because they sense that you know their story. Rather than talking at them and hoping something sticks, your audience actually gets that you're a collaborative partner. What could be more rewarding for both of you? I want to leave you with one last important thought as we close out this pod class. The way that you apply and execute everything you've learned in this podcast will vary considerably depending on your work and the audiences that you are trying to reach. The person that's trying to secure a prospective account has different needs than the product designer. They both want to foster resonance, but the application of the narrative thinking framework will vary for both of them. Since you have multiple groups you're trying to reach, you'll need to complete a framework for each of these audiences. That presentation you have coming up is one audience. The messaging campaign you plan to launch is probably to a different audience. And that partner that you need to get on board is a different audience still. They all have a different story. Use the narrative thinking framework to understand and speak to each of their stories. And now we're done. 
We've completed the Narrative Mind pod class. I really hope you've found this series and all of the exercises helpful. You'll probably also find it helpful to listen back through this pod class at some point in the near future. Also, be sure to share this series with others, especially the people you work with. You'll find it gives you a common language to work with. I've seen firsthand how this approach transforms the way we engage people. If you do the exercises and put this into practice, I trust the same will be true for you. Be sure to receive all of my future resources. Sign up for my mailing list at afrobinson.com. And while you're there, check out my other resources like my narrative thinking ebook, along with a number of other helpful resources that will help you develop a narrative mind. Thanks for joining me on this journey, and thanks for listening.